Welcome to the Get Planty Podcast. I'm your host, Dusty Heggie, owner of Revive Nursery, author of Becoming Planty, a little bit obsessed with my black coffee. It is my passion to revive your heart and home through the incredible gift of houseplants. I know that when we care for God's creation, He will reveal Himself, and my goal is to help you be able to actually enjoy that precious, often difficult growth process. To not worry the whole time about whether or not you're going to kill your plant, but instead to learn as you go, give yourself grace, and take care of not only your plant collection, but also yourself. Each week, I'll bring you actionable houseplant care tips, incredible guests to unpack what it means to grow well, and leave you feeling so encouraged and inspired as you curate your own dreamy houseplant collection. So grab a cup of coffee, snuggle up next to your plants, and join me in the process of growing well and getting planty. Welcome, you guys. Guess what? Oh, my lanta. I have such an incredible guest today. She's joining me for the first ever Grow Well segment. And in this segment, my goal is to be able to interview people, whether they're in the plant industry or not, about what it means to grow well, how they're pursuing growth, um, and just give you a place to be encouraged and to be inspired to pursue things like self-care, to pursue things like living intentionally and growing intentionally because you and I both know that growth doesn't always come easy and it can be really difficult and really exhausting and really frustrating, especially when we're in a season of waiting or in a season of rest. So today I have Olivia Youngs from Simply Live and Co. joining us. And Olivia is a lifestyle blogger and she spends a lot of time talking about ethical fashion and what it means to live slowly. Slow living and ethical fashion are two very vague, very big topics and they feel very unreachable, trendy, but unreachable. And when I had this conversation with Olivia, I left feeling so much more inspired and I left feeling like, wait, this isn't just, these aren't just buzzwords that are floating around Instagram. These are incredible lifestyles and I believe so much of these lifestyles are ways that God wants us to live, to be really intentional, to be really mindful of the things we're given. And both ethical fashion and slow living have a lot of ways to be defined. And Olivia really unpacks this in this episode. We talk about how she's living in an RV, how she has a baby on a way. We cover a whole lot of topics. We even talk about winter houseplant care. And guys, it's a really, really good conversation. So I'm so excited to share it with you. But first, I have a huge announcement to make. If you are on my email list, if you're not already, you should get your booty over there. I actually have a really fun way you can enter by taking a this free houseplant quiz at revivenursery.com slash quiz. And in that quiz, it's like a four question or maybe five question quiz. And the goal is to just sort of set you up for planting success by helping you to figure out what plant or plants will be best to bring into your home. So after you take that quiz, you'll get your result. You'll get an email in your inbox telling you all about all of the houseplant care. And then you'll get a follow-up email saying like, hey, if you didn't super love, love your quiz results, here are some more plants to set you up for success that I think you're going to like. And then from there, you'll get a few more emails from me. You'll learn more about who I am and about Revive Nursery. But this quiz really was really fun. So Head to revivenursery.com slash quiz, take the quiz, screenshot your results, and then tag me on Instagram at revivenursery or in Facebook at revivenursery because I super love seeing your guys' results. That's probably my favorite part. I think that's all of our favorite parts about personality quizzes, right? Right. Anyways, this quiz is really fun. Go take the quiz. Get on my list. And then just buckle up for a great ride of 
plant information and joy because that's all I want to bring you. But I announced a couple of days ago to my incredible email community that I'm taking on the biggest project I've ever taken. So by now you've probably heard of my book Becoming Planty. Becoming Planty has evolved a little bit. So it's houseplant basics, but kind of redefined and it has a new tagline. So the book is Becoming Planty Houseplant Foundations for Spiritual Growth. So I'm really leaning in to that that unique lens that I have when we talk about houseplant care. And I know that when we get to care for God's creation, that he will meet us in that space. And my goal through this book is to take away the stress, to take away the overwhelm, and to teach you how to care for your houseplants in a way that you can learn to enjoy that growth process. I'm not going to guarantee you success 100% of the time because nature is going to take its course. These are just plants and there is so much to be learned. And the way that you learn through Houseplant care, the way you learn through life, is trial and error. It's like learning how to fail well, which is something we talk about within this episode with Olivia. Um, and so Becoming Planty is going to be amazing. It's going to be linen bound. It will have a ribbon bookmark. It's like 190 pages of just pure planty goodness. And the overarching theme being houseplant based, houseplant, <laughs> it's a tongue twister when I say it really fast, houseplant basics and really... Um, breaking down the why behind houseplant care, explaining photosynthesis, talking about watering and sunlight and just all that good stuff. But the big announcement, and I know as if that wasn't like big enough, if I'm not doing enough already. The big announcement is I am bringing Becoming Planty to Kickstarter on January 7th. So this is huge. I am self-publishing this book and I don't think that's something people advertise a lot when we go the self-publishing route because for whatever reason it feels um, a little bit less valuable it feels like we're doing maybe less work or we're cheating the system but I don't believe that's true in this case I believe that or in any case um, writing a book is still a lot of work and because I want to put my best foot forward and I want to really spoil you with not even just good houseplant care but with a treasured hardbound beauty like I want this to be a book that you can pass down from generation to generation I want this to be a book you can come back to again and again and can be a stunning resource to bring you joy and happiness and personal growth and plant growth I really want this to be something that you can be so so proud um, to own and with that huge goal in mind it costs a lot of money so I break down the numbers and I'll continue to break down those numbers, especially within Kickstarter, because I want to be really transparent with you. Um, I am going to try and earn, we're going to crowdfund $18,500 to cover printing costs and to cover those rewards um, for Kickstarter. Some of the rewards are really incredible and I cannot wait to reveal them to you because there are things that I've been working on for just for months to be able to provide not just that incredible book becoming planty, not just that spiritual and personal growth that I hope happens as you dive into houseplant care, but also some really beautiful ethically made planty merchandise that you can brag about and be excited about. Um, but so all of this is happening. It's going to be starting January 7th. So right now you can still pre-order becoming planty on my website at becomingplanty.com the book's website, I guess. And if you do it right now, within the next two weeks, you will be able to get um, this beautiful little postcard and enamel pin so that you can wrap it and put it under the tree if you want to buy it for a Christmas present. But also the price will be much lower right now. The price will go up, especially for Kickstarter, since the point is to not just pay for the book, but to raise funds. So that price is going to be higher in order to to buy your book. Um, 
I just want to be really upfront. So if you want to buy that right now, you will save money. You will be able to get it before Christmas. Not the book itself, but get those placeholder things so that you can gift it as the Christmas gift if that's something that you want to do. Um, but also you'll be able to join the Becoming Planty Book Club. And in the book club, you'll get a free Revive Your House Plant download, which if you just want that, if you just want the warning signs guide, basically is what it is. It also breaks down pests and stuff like that. You can buy that in the shop. But if you pre-order your book, join the book club, you get that for free. You also get two free houseplant workshops um, online and you get an incredible Facebook community um, to be able to ask those planty questions and get like immediate ask access um, and answers to your plant questions. But anyways, all that can happen at becomingplanty.com. Becoming Planty is going to be on Kickstarter on January 7th, 2019, and that is really, really soon. So what I need from you is prayer. What I need from you is to just talk about it, to share this book with your friends, to like just, we need to blast the nation with Becoming Planty because this is a huge goal, and to be truthful, it feels really, really unreachable, but... I know that if I can be strategic, if I can be intentional, if I could just continue to be honest and transparent and focus on teaching more than I focus on selling, I am confident that God's going to bring us success through this. So all that to say, whew, that was a lot. So thanks for sticking through that. All that to say, I'm excited. I'm nervous. It's going to be really, really good, guys. All right, let's dive into our conversation with Olivia Youngs from Simply Living Co. Oh, wait, one more thing. Olivia is living in an RV in the middle of the woods, so the recording isn't great. I did my best to edit it and spruce up that conversation audio-wise <laughs> as best I could, but just bear with us and just please, 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 my hope, and I told it to Olivia right before we started recording and we kind of already knew that the recording wasn't going to sound tip-top, that I would way rather the value and the quality of this conversation be amazing than the audio file. So bear with us. It gets a little dicey for a second, but I think that for the most part, it sounds really, really great. So I do hope that you see the quality of this conversation because guys, truly it's good. Like get out some pens and papers, take some notes. You're going to want to implement some of these things that Olivia says. Okay, now let's get in. Okay. All right, Olivia, do you want to tell us who you are and what you do and just all the things? Sure. Um, my name is Olivia, as you just said, and um, officially I blog at Simply Living Co. where I share um, ethical fashion, brands, and slow living tips, um, which is kind of my passion in life. And then other than that, I write for several brands and I have two little girls and one boy or girl on the way. <laughs> We're not sure yet. And we live in the mountains of Colorado in an RV at the moment. That's our newest crazy endeavor. But um, yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. That's insane. My husband, <laughs> his name's Brian. He is a large man, like six, five, really, really broad. And I cannot yeah. even imagine I if I proposed the idea of living in an RV, oh, she would just exactly. laugh me off the stage. I can't fit. <laughs> yeah. How it, would I yeah. close the door to the back? <laughs> yeah. We, it's tight, but we, we got like the, as big of an RV as we could without like buying a actual home. So yeah, so then you guys still have your home and an RV and like you'll eventually transition fully to the RV or? Um, no, this is like what we've got. We've been in this like weird in-between phase Mm -hmm. for a while, um, where we had a condo up here, moved out of that. And then we moved in with my parents. So living in a bedroom in my parents' house 
and we just decided it was time to pull the trigger on the RV dream. And so, yeah, we, we're really lucky. We're still super close to my parents. Um, and then we can store like all of our extra, you know, like dining room table and extra dishes Mm -hmm. and stuff that won't necessarily fit in here in their house. So that's awesome. Yeah. That sounds crazy. Yeah. It's a little crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Especially when the baby comes, we'll see. That's the part that I like have nightmares about, but it'll work out. Yeah, I would be nervous about that process. (laughs) It's crazy no matter where you live. So, oh, for sure. Yeah, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. Tell us about your business and what you do. I love referring it to as a business because it, in the beginning, it didn't even seem like a business to me. It was just like a fun passion project that I did Mm -hmm. and that kind of grew into my full time job. But um, yeah, I guess technically it's a lifestyle blog, but I try to go a lot deeper than that and Mm -hmm. share um, the stories behind ethical brands um, and then just share really practical, useful tips for people who want to kind of slow their lifestyle down or minimize um, and then begin the journey to ethical fashion, which is not always an easy one to do. And then Mm -hmm. freelancing is the other side of that where I copyright and do blogging for um, ethical media management and all that stuff. Just when I get to kind of tailor my hours and stay home in the RV. <laughs> yeah. The girls and yeah, that's super fun. That's really exciting. I think, yeah. um, I know I've learned like so much from, from you and from what you're doing. Oh. And I think that there is so much unsaid about just sort of the devastation that the fashion industry has on mm. this world oh my and gosh. The people in our world. And people yeah. don't understand, like, I don't think people see I mean, it's so far it's, removed. Yeah, it's from not us. even widely known. You don't feel it. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. not something that, I mean, it's something that we're faced with every day, literally, because we, a lot of us shop every day and all of us put clothes on our body every day, but we aren't seeing the people making mm-hmm. the clothes or seeing the chemicals sprayed on our clothes or where they're grown or the factory conditions. Um, things like that. So we don't even, it doesn't even cross our mind. It's not like people are intentionally buying fast fashion because they want to support brands who are not treating people well, but it's just like not a concept that we're familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. Can you maybe unpack a little bit for us what ethical fashion even means? Yes. Um, in a nutshell, there's so many, I mean, it's a very big broad term that kind of means something different to everyone, you know, depending on what issues you're most passionate about. But in a nutshell, I always say that it's um, fashion that cares about people and the planet and all of the hands making it along the way, all the way into the consumer's hands. So basically, um, ethical fashion is production that cares about the supply chain, meaning where where the fabrics are sourced and where they're grown and who's growing them. So the fabrics and because more often than not, they're being so many people who are paid like two to $3 a day in uh, us dollars and um, in unsafe working conditions. And a lot of times even children. Um, and this isn't even just an overseas issue. It happens in the garment district in LA and uh, yeah, things like that. But yeah. And then there's all the different, kind of sub vegan fashion and organic fashion and uh, fair trade fashion and things like that. But 
could write a novel on it. Right? Yeah, for real. <laughs> I don't think I understood. There were so many levels to it. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like any issue of like social justice where people are more passionate about a certain aspect of it and that will be their bent or um, the thing that they share most about, which is, mm-hmm. I think, really important because we mm-hmm. get all the different voices adding in all of their their stories that we wouldn't otherwise know about. So, For sure, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, how did you come into that, to the ethical fashion world and lifestyle? Yeah, it's kind of, I just kind of happened upon it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, which is silly because now it's my job. But um, after I had my daughter, um, my first one, she's five now, but I I was 20 when I had her. Um, and it was just a really hard phase of life where I didn't, I was just overwhelmed with the new title of mom. I felt like my life was sort of over, like I was... Yeah kind of just a stay-at-home mom now and the newborn phase was really really hard and I was struggling with just my new identity and kind of the chaos of everything and so I uh, stumbled on minimalism and slow living and um, that was kind of the forefront for me starting my blog as just like a creative outlet really that I was like my mom is probably the only one who's gonna read this but I'm gonna write it anyway because I just need to kind of word vomit all of my thoughts out and kind of carve this new path. And then from there, I always say that and minimalism and even fashion are all super intertwined. Um, You can't really discover one without eventually discovering the other. So I heard about ethical fashion somewhere along the line when I was um, capsule wardrobes and was like, what? I had no idea that this was really even a thing. Like all right. of my clothes are from Target and Forever 21 and, you know, all the typical places. And I I was like, okay, I can either just like ignore this or I can think about it and take steps to implement conscious shopping into my life. Um, and so I did pretty publicly. My blog, I was like, okay, I quit fast fashion and I'm going to document it. Mm-hmm. And here's what that means to me. And um, those are all posts on my blog. Um, Yeah, so it kind of just evolved from this, like, raw motherhood journey of looking for simplicity to finding kind of even more depth and ethics behind that. So, which is kind of where I'm at now. Yeah, that's really incredible. I don't, I think that it's just really neat to see the way that God (laughs) makes Mm -hmm. just out of our like confusion and frustration and overwhelm, oh my gosh. Like, yeah. God just redeems that in such a cool way by like mm-hmm. revealing to you your like real passion and the things that like set you yeah. on fire and get you excited. That's yeah, real. and I had no idea. So <laughs> he exactly. knew what he was yeah. doing. So <laughs> yeah, good thing. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I sure didn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hold what is what are some ways that people can pursue ethical fashion without spending all of the money? All of it. <laughs> That's it's a just great a Yeah. For good reason. Like I understand oh gosh, the value right. behind it, but right. also I don't have a lot of money. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a hard um, topic to approach, especially for real people because yeah, most of us are not like 
made of money and with expendable right. incomes we can spend on clothes. And yeah, fashion, ethical fashion brands are definitely on the pricier end just because they're paying what they should be for their garments mm-hmm. and they're paying their workers fair wages. Um, so what I always tell people when they are kind of beginning that transition, because the first initial step into it, I feel like is the hardest when you're still trying to like fight your urge to just run to target when you need a dress for the wedding coming up or when you need, Mm -hmm. you know, a new swimsuit for a vacation or something like that. So I always, um, I tell people to plan ahead as much as they can because the, the biggest thing I think with fast fashion is how convenient it is and how easy it is to just run like I said, into the closest mall and get what you need or what you want or what you think you need right, right then and there without really thinking about it. And so the first step is to kind of cultivate that mindset of mindfulness, mm-hmm. um, which is helpful if you're doing that kind of in your overall life already with all of your shopping habits, not just clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, um, I say to do your research first. So utilize bloggers like me, um, or there's like a billion great ethical fashion bloggers out there who work with brands and research brands, um, and have lists of hundreds of brands on their websites. Um, so research what you need first, which kind of goes with planning ahead. But if you well, know and you, you have an incredible list on your site, like a couple tailored specifically affordable fashion. And I use yeah. it yeah. seriously all the time. I'm going on I'm that so list glad. twice a month. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. I need to update that. But um, yeah, that's what, that was my whole goal in making that list because it's really scary kind of to see some of the prices on some of mm-hmm. the items yeah. from ethical brands. And then you're like, Nope, I can't do this. So um, but there are lots of brands out there who are creating affordable, um, high quality and fairly made clothes. You just have to know where to look. And you, most people don't when they're first starting up. So yeah, right. utilize people who have done the research. And then the last thing I always tell people is to just shop secondhand if they can't afford to buy new um, ethical pieces, just go your thrift store go on Poshmark or um I've been really into some of the Instagram boutiques that where people resell their like name brand clothes um Mm -hmm. that are really high quality um yeah yeah so I that's what I do even though I get I get to work with a lot of brands um and I get to try out their clothes which is great but when I need to buy a piece I usually go for second hand just because that's what's within my budget too. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. great because then it's not being remanufactured. It like exactly. Down, yeah. It's not being really to create it. Exactly. Yeah. It's like the most ethical and sustainable option is shopping secondhand because there's no new production. And expensive. There. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ethical for your wallet too. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. You are a part of this dress Ember. Um, yes. You do a lot of work in that. Do you want to maybe tell us what that is and how we can get yeah. involved? Yes. Oh my goodness. Um, so dress Ember, as the name implies, <laughs> is a um, kind of now it's turned into this social movement where 
um, people commit to wearing dresses, or if you are a guy, you can wear ties or bow ties um, for the entire month of December. And it kind of started out as a, a fashion challenge just for people to get creative with their wardrobe, but it grew into this movement that fights human trafficking, which seems so unrelated to um, wearing a dress every day of the month. But um, it's kind of meant to be a conversation starter mm -hmm. um, because people, especially if you live where like in places that we live where it is not warm yeah. <laughs> and, <it's laughs> and people are like, why are you wearing a dress? And it is 20 degrees outside. Um, yeah. So it's, it's been a really, really powerful movement that has raised hundreds of thousands of dollars this year, their goal is to raise $3 million. Which That's is, incredible. I think last year we all did 1 million and it's global. There's so many people participating. Um, yeah, but this year if the goal is 3 million and I think today they said they're 10% of the way there already just in the That's first. That's insane. What, three days? Yeah, crazy. Yeah, um, today is December 3rd. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> first three days of the challenge. Um, yeah, and this year I um, am co-leading a team with my blogger friend Emily, who is the sweetest, and we are wearing one dress for the entire month to make ourselves even more crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we got to design the dress, which is super, super fun, um, with a brand who we both love. Um, That's so yeah, I'm doing that all, all month long. So and then yeah, can people wanna... buy that dress? Yes. Um, How do they do that? So glad you asked. It's on uh, <laughs> on Sotella's website. Um, is the brand who made it, and she is releasing it as part of her um, Tara collection. But the dress, since you can't see it because this is a podcast, it's just a black slip dress, rib knit material, midi length, like super super versatile. You can layer it and wear it all year round. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, you can buy it on her website. It's linked all over the place on my blog and Emily's blog. Um, okay. and then if you want to get involved, there's still plenty of time to join in and commit to the challenge yourself. It's definitely not too late. People join in like halfway through the month to the last week. Like it really doesn't matter as long as you commit to using your voice to raise awareness. Um, and then you can obviously also donate via Dress Numbers website. So. Cool. So is that, is that the main way that they make money is through donations on their website? Um, yes. They're a nonprofit. So I believe that's the, the main way. And then December, the month of December is obviously the big push. And then they donate fairly certain all of the money. Um, maybe they keep a little bit to reinvest and pay their employees and stuff. But um. Mm -hmm to IJM, which is the International Justice Mission, and A21, which are both very, very um, well-known and well-respected yeah. organizations who go in and actually fund the rescue operations and pull people out of trafficking and mm -hmm. do the, the dirty work. So basically, yeah. Dress Ember raises money for those organizations. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of like research and a lot of work in supporting other, um, human trafficking organizations yeah. and mm -hmm. labor trafficking is by far the biggest 
hmm. traffic um, humans. It's like that's where they're usually forced to work. Um, right. And all of that happens so much so within the fashion industry. Like, oh my gosh, the like human trafficking that happens to make your clothes cheap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because of human trafficking. Yeah. And even the low wages that they're getting paid can still mm-hmm. be qualified as trafficking. Oh, for sure. Because, yep. yeah, that's, nobody signs up willingly to make $3 a day or $3 an hour. But you yeah, um, that. that's not. No. And Dress Umber, yeah, really, uh, their mission is to fight trafficking and all of it facets and IJM and A21 don't just focus on sex trafficking. Um, I think they, they focus on all of the Mm -hmm. different trafficking aspects and they happen obviously everywhere (laughs) in your town and in my town and and big cities. And yeah, it happens a whole lot in along where I live because, Mm -hmm. so I'm in Olympia, Washington on the West coast. And we have I-5 as our main highway, and it goes yeah. all the way from Canada down through Mexico. So it's oh a gosh. one-stop yeah. shop to traffic to get out of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, to traffic people. Wow. And we're right on the coast where all the ports are. Um, so the East Coast and the mm-hmm. West Coast especially is where so much trafficking happens. And that's like wow. right by the most heavily trafficked um, corner in all <laughs> of like the Northwest was like four blocks away from my house in oh, Portland. My I lived in Portland for a while. Yeah. And so wow. I couldn't just like live that close to these things happening and you don't see it. Like it's not something. Right. No, you never tell. do. Um, Hardly. Yeah. No. And it's not our job to see it, but it is our job to be vocal and to raise awareness. Yeah. Be aware to, of it. Yeah. To help the people who are in that space and who can do something about it, be able to do their jobs well. Exactly. Love on those people. Yeah. That's, that was the same kind of story with, we used to live in Nebraska and I 80 is that interstate that runs all the way Mm -hmm. across the country. And that the hub, particularly of central Nebraska, where we lived is one of the highest in the country also. And I, uh, yeah, just you never expect that where you live, you're going to hear stories of girls being trafficked at a truck stop or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or of trucks being pulled off the interstate. But it happens all the time and we just, mm-hmm. we aren't aware of it until you know the signs and you, and then, yeah, mm-hmm. once you, what you do from there, it's not up to you to stop it. Like you said, like, don't go try and rescue somebody, but call the trafficking hotline and call the law enforcement and be aware. So, yeah. Yeah. And I can put links to all of those things in the show notes in addition to everything about December. So that way you guys can learn more about this huge, huge, scary thing Mm -hmm. and still feel equipped and encouraged that you can do something proactive. It is too big of a thing for us to do by ourselves, but as a team, we can make quite the impact. Mm -hmm. Which Dress Number is amazing at. Approving. That's one of the reasons why. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's so exciting. That's incredible. I'm excited. I didn't even realize that you like helped design that dress. I saw pictures of it, but I didn't even catch. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We, uh, earlier this summer, Emily and I were like, what should we do to make it even more fun? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, okay, we're going to wear one dress for the entire month, but neither of us had a dress where we were like, okay, I, feel excited about wearing this 
for an entire month. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, yeah, we designed one and luckily we have connections through our jobs that let us work with block with a brand and mm-hmm. yeah, Hannah was sweet enough to make it for us. And now That's anybody so cool. in the whole world can buy it. And I'm really excited to see yeah. our design. Oh my gosh, I'm going to buy it. I'm so, so excited now. Me too. Yeah, uh, I will. I will. Brian just asked me for my Christmas wish list and that's going to be on it. Yeah. I love wish lists. Tell people exactly what I want. (laughs) Yeah. That's a great way to uh, knock things off your ethical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. When people ask me now what I want for Christmas, I just send them a URL to the exact thing. Oh my gosh. Me too. Or I'm like, give me cash and then I'll buy it. (laughs) Right. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. No more. I don't want anything. I do want this is exactly what I want. Money or this very specific thing. (laughs) Yeah. You talk a whole lot about um, slow living and what it means um, to just live in a more mindful space. Can you Mm -hmm. maybe talk to us about... I don't know. What is it? I feel like whenever I hear the word slow living, part of me is like, yeah, I really want that. And part of me is like, that sounds just ridiculous. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> not you a thing. still do stuff and get things done. How do you yeah. do that? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's a weird dichotomy because in one way, slowing down allows you to accomplish so much more. Mm-hmm. So it's really more about being mindful, I guess. Yeah, in all of the areas of your life about where you spend your time, who you're spending your time with, um, what you're spending your money on, what words you're saying, like everything, which is so much easier said than done. Like it's, I feel like it's a life journey. Yeah. Um, for sure. But the initial slowing down thing, I feel like has a lot to do with just learning how to say no Mm-hmm. to to things which is really especially hard if you are an outgoing person who just enjoys being busy which I am not so what usually I'm like I have no problem saying no to this because I just want to sit at home but um yeah it can be a, a challenge to learn how to say no um yeah I forgot what your original question was but Basically just unpack what it means. (laughs) Like, how is that even like a real thing? I feel like when I hear slow living, I just think of um, staged Instagram accounts with like two items in their whole home. (laughs) (laughs) I have one succulent and that's it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it can be. I mean, it can be whatever whatever you want it to be. That's the the cool thing about it Mm -hmm. is that slow living or minimal living, whatever you want to call it, doesn't have to look the same for everybody. And it's kind of a really uh, individual journey that people go on and you don't really know like that you've arrived because I don't know if you ever do, but um, I think all boils down to mindfulness and Mm -hmm. make sure that really do bring you joy and meaning. Yeah. Which is, it's totally countercultural to what our our society promotes just the more, more, more busier, busier, busier kind of mindset is where most of us are coming from. Mm-hmm. So it takes a lot of time, just like building an ethical wardrobe takes a lot of time. Um, so yeah. yeah, be patient, be patient with yourself. If you're just starting out trying to downsize or trying to learn how to say no to things, it takes a while. 
but yeah. and I feel silly even writing about it because so much of my writing is just me like preaching to myself. Oh, for sure. That's about this how is I feel. what I need to know. <laughs> like I need this in my life. So I'm going to write this and hopefully it resonates with somebody else. Yeah. Um, I think that's the, probably the best place to be able to share those things from. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I in no way feel like I've arrived at all, but I have learned a lot, a lot, a lot over the past five years, I guess, of trying to do it. And there have been years where I completely failed and years where it's gone really well. And this year, hopefully with our RV and all that stuff, it's kind of really forcing me back into that, which is great. Yeah, that is really great. Yeah. I, um, I love your message and your branding and the things that you you stand for and represent because, um, and that's so much why I wanted to bring you on the podcast because it really pairs well with when I talk about growing well and what it means to grow well as a human and as a person, Mm -hmm. um, and that, um, slow living and, and growing well are like so much one in the same and so related. Um, and so I would love to hear how you are pursuing intentional growth through that mm. process of like, cause you wear a whole lot of hats. Like you do a whole lot of things. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Focusing on slow living doesn't mean you're idle. Like it just no. <laughs> using your <laughs> I time. Love it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. How do you grow well? Yeah. I love that, that phrase so much. Um, I feel like my initial, I was kind of like journaling on that phrase a little bit before this. And mm-hmm. Um, I wrote down not forcing my own growth, but letting it happen naturally, which is so much a part of slow living. Just, I mean, sometimes you do need to force yourself to do things, but, Mm -hmm. um, growing, I don't think you can for that. Um, and specifically right now, I guess I've been reading, um, a book called Rising Strong by Brene Brown, um, who, is everybody loves her so much, but I actually never read any of her books. And I won I this one in a giveaway and I was so excited because I've been wanting to read her books for years. Um, and this one I think is her last in like the first three that she wrote. Um, so it's kind of odd that I'm starting with this one, but she, the one of the big themes in it is failing well, learning how to fail, <laughs> which yeah. is so strange because you don't, think about failure when you set off to grow or when you set off to Mm -hmm. achieve something, you're not thinking to yourself, how can I potentially mess up in the best way that I can? Right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so the book is kind of all about that and it's really resonated with me because slow living is a lot of, um, a lot of mistakes and a lot of, um, trying to say um failing not intentionally but oh my goodness there's the phrase I'm trying to say (laughs) you're gonna mess up on your slow living journey and um I don't think you'll ever learn how to grow well or live slowly until you learn how to fail well too Mm -hmm. um so this that book is I guess one of the biggest areas that I'm kind of trying to pursue growth in my own life because there's a lot of areas where things aren't going as quickly as I want them to or Mm -hmm. um, growing in the way that I want them to and so learning how to 
accept failure and learn from it yeah is a key part of any growth I think so yeah I think that's a really beautiful perspective and something I hadn't really thought about but there's so much truth yeah to be had there yeah kind of like earth shattering to me when I read it's like this yeah this book is like mostly about failing like you don't read books like that no I mean it doesn't leave you feeling like happy and yeah but in a way it does yeah it's like it's empowering in that you're like okay I can fail and still be okay like I can Mm -hmm. fail well yeah yeah I really love um what you said too about like you can't make growth happen because Mm. Like there's just a whole lot of truth to be had there. We can do so much to facilitate and try and cultivate growth. We can create the right conditions, even within like houseplant care, like we can water and give the right amount of light and fertilizer and give the right conditions Mm -hmm. for growth. But we are not the orchestrator of growth. Like that is all God. 100% Mm -hmm. growth comes from God, whether plants, whether people, whether ministries or foundations or charity, like all of that growth is ordained by God. Um, and so of course Mm -hmm. we get frustrated when it doesn't happen in our timeline. And of course it's like exhausting and so hard to like wait or to fail. Um, but like the idea of failing, failing well, being, um, like a cornerstone for growing well, I think is really profound. Yeah. I'm still kind of working out what that actually means for, for like day-to-day life, but the concept is pretty, mind-blowing to me. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I feels mind-blowing to me. <laughs> I know. Just sit and let it sink in. Like sink in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you like, as people leave this episode, leave our wonderful yeah. conversation, what is one thing you super want them to remember? Oh man. Um, I think I guess this would be my, my stereotypical answer, but I, it's something I like really, really believe and is at the mm-hmm. core of all of everything that I write about is that I want people to feel empowered in their purchases and that their, their purchases have um, real weight and real um, consequences or positive consequences. Um mm-hmm which is a scary thought. And it's also a super empowering thought. Um, yeah. And then also secondly, and kind of correlated to um, that you'll never regret slowing down, even if that means for a season while you're trying to figure something out or for in one area of your life or figure out a tough relationship, you'll never regret taking a season with intention. I think that's really powerful. Your purchases matter. <laughs> my my life motto. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They really do. I heard one shop was saying like, I can't remember who it was, but it was a brand I followed because of your recommendation. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about how we can vote with our money. Like that we are yeah. voting with our with exactly. our, our the way that we spend our money. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, just the power and the weight behind that is pretty like heavy. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true though. Cause I mean, it, yeah, you vote for your elected leaders and things like that, but you don't think about, yeah. You don't think about the stories behind every single product that you buy, be it groceries or be it food. <laughs> yeah. Be it fashion or mm-hmm. a house. Like, I don't know. It's, it's a lot to 
yeah. think about, but it's it is, that's really heavy topic. So important. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, it does a lot, all of this, all of these topics like growing well and living slowly and being intentional with our time mm-hmm. and money and our yeses and nos, um, just goes to show the power of self-discipline, like oh gosh. being yeah. able to say no to that ridiculous sale at Target where you could get a t-shirt mm. for 50 cents. Right. Like, just seeing that, like those 50 cents could be so much better spent or that you don't really need that 50 cent t-shirt. Yeah. Like those kinds it's of things. total mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Mindset not being like duped. Said, our culture, yeah, does not support at all. Or like you're passing up the sale, you're crazy for that. Like, but yeah, changing yeah. your mindset. Yeah. That fear of missing out is plays really oh, big. Man. Like, <laughs> I think we feel so an obligation. Everything. To, yeah. Yes. Shop the sale or mm-hmm. buy the Impulse buy. Thing. And yeah, it's hard to fight. But yeah, so it is a lot of self-control. Yeah, that's the thing that. sound fun either. <laughs> These oh, aren't no. like yeah. trendy buzzwords. Yeah. No, so. right. And <laughs> the verse that has been really, really like I've been meditating a lot. I was recently diagnosed with depression and anxiety, though the diagnosis is new, but the battle is since I was a kid. Not new at um, all. Yeah. Not new at all. I've like pursued yeah. other ways to try and find healing and to grow from mm-hmm. it or whatever. And finally came to a point where I was like, okay, like I need to like an official diagnosis. Um, and so I'm still like wrestling through and trying to understand what that even means for me and for my life. Um, and it's not something that I think will ever go away for me. It's a chemical thing. Um, and there's things I can do to be proactive and intentional about that. And one of the things that I'm learning through that process is how to, speak truth over myself. And I, in the midst of like the deep of that depression, my husband was, is a police officer and was in the police academy. And so I was home with two kids, like an infant newborn and a two-year-old by myself in like the deepest depression I've ever been. And I was so alone and so scared and I hated every second of it. And I kept, I knew I could see the lies that I was believing. I knew that I was believing lie. And I knew that I was like, almost wanting to believe those lies, but I could not find the truth to combat those lies. Like I, mm-hmm. I knew that scripture is true. I knew that God loved me. I knew that I wasn't like forsaken. Um, but I couldn't make my mind force yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Understand that all the way. Okay. And as I've been like understanding this diagnosis and trying to take steps about pursuing truth and speaking truth over myself, God has keeps bringing me back to a verse in second Timothy where he, um, Paul writes that, God has given us a, a spirit of power, love, and self-control. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that applies so much to what it means to fail well, what it means to grow well, what it means to yeah. be intentional with our money, because he puts power, love, and self-control, all three on like an equally important standpoint, like that yeah, we are wow. given authority through Christ, that we are living in love because God is love and that we have the ability to like say no to things, to have self-control, to not impulse by. Um, And I just think it's so, so powerful because then when I'm in that moment where I feel panicked and I am like having an anxiety attack or I can't breathe or I'm like sobbing Mm -hmm. for, I don't even know why I'm crying. I can say like, no, God has given me a spirit of power, love and self-control. Like he gave those things to me, even if I don't feel it. Wow. Yeah. And the three things sort of unrelated to like we were saying earlier with the self-control portion, like you aren't 
that's not a thing that you're thinking about throughout the day. No. Um, but yeah, how cool that those three things come together mm-hmm. to get you through the darkest moments. Yeah. And I think that was the biggest thing that I did to shift the way that I purchase in like learning more about how much my purchases matter and learning about ethical fashion was just to not impulse buy things like that one thing alone, like has changed the way that I shop groceries, the way that I shop for literally everything. If I just have a list in advance and I think about it, and even if it's something I want in that moment, I don't buy it then. Like I wait and I come back later. Yeah. Yeah. That's so huge. And that's saying no to myself. Countercultural. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I just lost what I was going to say, but yeah. Impulse buys are kind of the, the biggest step in well, fighting them is the biggest step in kind of cultivating the mindfulness, whether it is groceries or fashion or, and then you know what you are saving up for, for what you're, what you really need, I guess. So yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Do you have, so one way I'm like wrapping up with plenty topics, do you have any mm. houseplant question that I could answer for you? Oh my goodness. This is silly because I am, I am so excited to get your book because I am uh, not I can't wait. a planty person and I want to be so bad. <laughs> um, and I just bought my first plant from you and I DIY'd a, a hanging thing for Yay. it. So I hang it in my RV and I'm so excited. But um, I guess kind of like an overarching question is cold climate mm-hmm. plants, like how I can best care for them. I mean, even like close to our windows, right. it's still cold. And is that okay? Are they getting enough sun? I know it varies depending on what kind of plate you have too. Yeah. Um, but I guess cold weather specifically. Yeah. So most house plants are tropical of mm-hmm. tropical origin. And the reason for right. that is because they have consistent temperature and climate mm-hmm. year round pretty much. Right. And in our homes, it's pretty consistent year round, whether it's winter, summer, summer, like there'll be more or less light, but the temperatures are almost always the same. Right. Like yeah. um, humans and tropical plants are comfortable in very similar climates. Right. Um, and so if it's in your house, as long as your house or your RV or wherever that plant is at doesn't go below, I would say 50 to 55 degrees. Okay. It's fine. Um, Even if it's like by a window that's. Yeah, because it won't be nearly as cold inside as it will be on the other side of that window. Okay. Chances sure. are, even though it's an RV, the windows are probably double paned. They're going to be thicker yeah. windows. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it will stop so much of that cold air. I would just make sure that the leaves aren't touching the window, like okay. physically touching it. I would keep it like an inch or two away at minimum. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is because you live where it's like icy and cold and snowy all the time. And you're going to have that heater running a whole lot. Heaters really Mm. suck out all the moisture from the air. So if you could have a humidifier nearby your plant, it will go to improve everything. Okay. And it'll make a really big difference. Okay. Um, And it depends on the plant and other things. A lot of plants can acclimate to not need humidity, but it will help. It's not a substitute for proper watering. So make sure you're still watering properly, but it will help. Okay. That's huge. Thank you. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I need to read your book and I will 
I cannot oh wait. I'm <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like about 80% done with all of the like book stuff and ready to like really push that launch. Oh and I'm, I'm like in the middle of like equal parts, so excited about it and equal parts, so ready to be done. Yes. Cause that's it's so much so work. long. Oh I know. Yeah. I had no idea. I was just, uh, on a recording an interview with Lila and she's designing yeah. the book and she was like, yay, you feel ah, better. So like you're doing two jobs at once. Like you're taking on a lot at once. And I was like, okay, Multiple, maybe even you're probably doing like four jobs at once. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're a mom. You're doing a podcast. You're writing, yeah. you're writing a book. Right. Yeah. You're doing it all. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Last question. Okay. What is something, literally anything in the whole world that's just making you so super happy right now? Mm, That is such a good question. I, this dinner is making me so happy because I am so honored to be on here. (laughs) Thank you. Kind of terrified to listen back to it, but (laughs) (laughs) it'll be so Um, good. I can't wait. Um, and then the other thing that I have just been like super stoked about all week is my dress number dress because mm-hmm. it feels so like I'm not a fashion designer in any sense of the word. And to have something in my closet that I got to kind of help create is mm-hmm. a little bit surreal. So yeah, those are, that's my big thing for the week. And we'll see how I feel about it on day 31 when I've been wearing it. Wearing but it so, so far I have not ran out of inspiration for it. So that's so exciting. Oh, uh, gosh, it feels like a movie. Like, you know, people don't really get to like design clothes. <laughs> I know. It's so weird. I love it. Yeah. How cool that we get to like be a part of projects and make this big of a change and impact and achieve oh my actual gosh. real no. goals. Yeah. My favorite thing about social media is the power, like mm-hmm. none of this, this interview or this dress or dress ember would yeah. even be happening without social media. So. No. There's a lot of downsides to it, obviously, but yeah, a lot of powerful, powerful things about it too. Oh yeah. Anytime you can bring God's people together, good mm, things happen. Good. I know. Yeah. Love it. Well, can you maybe share this, how people can find you? We'll have all the links in the yeah. show notes as well, Okay. Um, but how can they? Sure. Um, my blog is simplylivingco.com. And the and is spelled out. And then the same on Instagram, the same on Facebook and Pinterest, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the same everywhere. I think those are the main main places. But yeah, I love connecting with people. So, mm-hmm. And do you have information about Dress Number on your website? Can people learn directly from um, you? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. Or you can go to uh, dressnumber.org okay. is their website. And they obviously have all the all the details there, but I have mm-hmm. several. They're on Instagram and stuff too. Oh yeah. Um, they're just dress Ember on Instagram, but I have several blog posts recently, or you can just search dress Ember in my mm-hmm. little toolbar if you need to learn more um, or just message me. Cause I love talking about it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Uh, girl, I'm so happy you're here. I feel like I learned so much. It was a good conversation. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. So good, right? Didn't you learn so much through that conversation? And I know personally, I feel challenged to really consider a lot of things in my life. And the first is the way that I spend my money. How can I, or how can you be more conscious with the way that we um, use our dollars? And I think Olivia has a really beautiful mindset that this isn't something you're going to get right the first time. It's not something that you arrive at. It's something that you take steps little by little to um, improve in and to grow in. 
and to do your best to not feel guilty, to not um, sit in a place where um, shame is what's what's moving these decisions forward, but instead a place where you want to do better, like where you want to grow and where you want to improve because it is a hard process and I just encourage you to give yourself so much grace through that process. Olivia has some really great resources to be able to do this and her list on her website, Simply Live & Co., is is really incredible and it's a great resource to start specifically for ethical fashion. She also has one for home goods and things like that. So check it out. I have the links for that in the show notes at revivenursery.com slash podcast. Another way we can focus on growing well this season is learning how to fail well. That is a topic that really, really struck home to me because through that growth process, you are not always going to be booming beautiful new leaves. Like you're not always going to be blossoming 100% of the time. That would be exhausting. (laughs) But there will be times of not just rest and slowing down, but there will be times of failure. And if we can have an attitude of grace, if we can have an attitude of humility and head into seasons where failure is a possibility, if we can sort of prep ourselves mentally for what that process will look like, how can we fall down with grace and dignity? That's a huge topic. And so I just encourage you today to pray through that um, and to just wrestle with that idea of failure being a part of growing well. The last way I think we can pursue some really intentional growth is taking a season to slow down. And maybe that season isn't right now in the midst of, you know, the busiest time of the year because Holidays are crazy and I don't know about you, but I have a million and one family events to happen and presents to get. And so this time is a time when it's really easy to get caught up in all of the hustle and bustle. Um, And I don't think it's bad to be busy. I don't think it's bad to do those things, but I do think it's bad to be so busy that we forget to recognize the importance and the value of rest and of slowing down. So today I encourage you to find some things that you can say no to, to find some ways you can declutter your schedule, to find some ways that you can learn to rest even when it's crazy and things are busy and things are hectic. And one of the ways that I love to do that and one of the reasons why I think houseplant care can be really powerful is because you have to pay attention to what you're doing when you're taking care of your houseplants. If your houseplant care feels like another to-do list on your giant list of to-dos, it's okay. Let it go. Don't do that thing. But if it can be something and be a place where you get to meet God, if it can be a place where you get to interact with his creation and take a breath and slow down and relax and enjoy that growth process, then by all means, lean into that. And one way I hope that I can facilitate that process with you is through that book, Becoming Plenty. So remember, Becoming Plenty is coming to Kickstarter January 7th. Guys, that's so, so soon. And I want to encourage you to get involved with this community of people who are starting to get really, really pumped about this book. And I cannot wait. So if you want to pre-order that book right now and join the book club, you can at becomingplenty.com. Find all those links in the show notes. And help me pretty please just raise awareness talk about this book share it all over facebook share it all over instagram because it's going to be truly truly amazing and then lastly before you shut your phone off who shuts their phone off nobody does that but you know what i mean before you shut this off and you go to do the next thing if you could pretty please head to itunes and leave me a rating and a review a couple of episodes back i said i was going to start reading uh reviews each time and i fully intend to but forgot and I don't want to pull it up on my computer right now. But next week, it will begin. And you don't want to have me be three episodes in of reading reviews and then have nothing left. That would just be embarrassing, guys. You don't want to be in charge of my embarrassment. I hope that you really felt that. 
skill trip I was trying to lay it on really thick for you I hope you love it but in all seriousness like it really does do so much and it really is a big help and um, so yeah so head to iTunes leave a review I'll have a direct link in my show notes so that you can do that more easily and then the last my last request for you my friends is take a screenshot of this episode and share it in your Instagram stories, share it on Facebook, tag me, and tell me one way you are going to try and pursue intentional growth. Like, if you could please help me get the word out and talk about this podcast because I really believe God has some big things for it and I cannot do it on my own and I really, really need and I really want your incredible help and your incredible input. So, leave a review, get involved with Becoming Plenty, go follow Olivia Young's at Simply Live and Co. and all the places. And I hope that you have just the most incredible day today. 